delivering high-quality, technology-centric podcasts around the world. This is MunchTech.TV, taking a bite out of technology. Hello, welcome to episode 511 of the Jutakis for Saturday, July 25th, 2020. This is the show where we talk about the week's most notable technology stories in around an hour or less with Aaron Fisher and me, Jimmy Bunting. We come together once a week, once a month, to discuss, debate, converse, scrutinize and explore the world of tech. This week, firms boycott Facebook advertisements over a disagreement or two. Twitter and the big Bitcoin scam. What what happens next with all this that's gone on in the last few weeks? And Instagram and iOS have some early on bugs. No more, I should say, Instagram has some early on bugs in beta versions of iOS. Hello, hello, is this... It- is this thing on? Is this how, how how do we do this? What are our names? What's who, the show about? Who's this? Who are you? No, no, seriously. Who who are you? No idea. I just sort of turned we- up on a hangouts call that I was invited. I don't know what we're doing. Oh, I got an invitation. Do you want to join oh. the call? Do, accept, accept that we'll do that. There we go. Accept. Awkward. Yes. Yes. Five five eleven five hundred eleven. What? I don't get it. <laughs> we we could we could be actors. I, exactly. I've always thought our acting is absolutely impeccable. Our comedic. Hey, comedy. are you saying I'm in genuine and I'm not honest and true to who I am and I can act what? what? That's that's not what you're saying, is it? Um, I don't think so. No, I, I'm confused. Show. This is a show. A podcast. P o d c a s t. Okay, right. The joke's over. Hello, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. If you didn't, for, well, clearly you haven't. If you're joining us, you didn't forget who we are. That we existed. We're sorry. Very sorry. This is the first show in July, and it's nearly the end of July. But to our defence, I, th- I think that's probably one of the longest breaks the show's had. You could say it's a refresh. We're back. We're better than ever. And well, I say better than ever, but it's hard to be better than best. Uh, mm. Digging yourself but a hole there. Uh, I yeah. <laughs> let's let's be honest. Technology and COVID just haven't worked hand in hand. And but the thing is, and, and not to use that as an excuse, but it is the honest truth. It back in 2010, we made a pledge. We said we would never create a show that we wouldn't happily push out. No, we didn't make that pledge. Actually, did we? Hmm. We should have made a pledge that said we would. We, we wouldn't. We want to push out a show that's worth listening to, and we don't want to waste your time. Creating a show that's really about nothing but at the same time technology news is nice because there always will be something to talk about but it just has been difficult to get tangible stories which are worth discussing in the current climate and the situation and i guess the only good thing about that well not good sorry the only thing that makes that half acceptable and universal is that this affects everything right now this is not just a an isolated issue and Every sector, every industry, whether it's positive or not, is experiencing something different because of the current worldwide situation. Um, Yes, we're nearly a month on, but sadly, it doesn't seem like we are a month on in certain respects. And that's just because, obviously, in behind the scenes, there's a lot going on in terms of vaccine development and trying to conquer this 
pandemic and this virus, but we're not quite there yet. Um, but I, I obviously, as as news outlets are, are well, sometimes pointing out, we are getting there. The, the 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 first signs are very positive in terms of vaccine trials and in terms of getting us out of this quote mess unquote. But as the cliche term says, this too shall pass. And I think this is probably the first time in in our living history that the world has gone through something that unites it so strongly. And I'm not saying unites in the term, that term, but because obviously there's a lot of division as well with other things going on worldwide at the minute, but in the term that everyone, there's no getting out of this. There's no, you don't go to one country and then just not experience it. It is happening everywhere. Some countries are more affected, of course, but it's affecting everyone to some extent. And so that's not a good thing, but the good thing we can take away from it is that no one is alone in this. And as a result, the positive, I always like to take a positive from any negative, if you can, the positive there is that we have some amazing brains and people working towards a cure, a vaccine, a solution to the problem. And hopefully, within a reasonable time frame, this will be a distant memory and one we can look back on and hopefully never have to worry about again. I say that, but you know, hindsight, wonderful, all that. That's my uh, motivational speech for the month. Have you anything, Aaron? Or Go Broncos. <laughs> okay, that's, that's fair. They seem about equal. Hopefully everyone's had a, a good July thus far. And of course, summer. It's it's strange because it just doesn't... Because obviously months normally have connotations, attachments and feelings in terms of what you're doing. You're, you know, Everyone has their own attachments to certain months, what they do, when in the year and so on. But it just really, it's, it's weird one month's merged into another. And on top of that, it's four months since at least the United Kingdom went into lockdown. Four months! A third of a year went like that. It on, honestly, where has the time gone? I th- I think after COVID, my recognition of time is just going to be completely oh, a year. That's oh, no time. That'll, that'll be no. But that's true. It it just goes to show how quickly time does pass. And maybe I think in my head, it's made me realize tomorrow is not a, an option. Sometime is not an option because sometime will turn into a year. Will turn into ten years, and then you'll forget about your plans. So don't put off to tomorrow what you can do today as well. This is a motivational show. We really have changed. A month just- has made all the difference Aaron. just uh just because we've been away for, for so long i uh, i don't know if i ever talked about it on the show my uh infamous airpods and iphone issues conundrum because i i think you might have mentioned about your airpods once or twice or six times but yes because obviously in the uh, global pandemic situation these are the pressing issues <laughs> what's more important exactly but uh i so the apple store has been open what five six weeks probably probably not even um i think it's a point only so i don't think you can go there to, well i know you can't go there to just browse um i think if you want to, to browse a product you have to uh, uh book an appointment um so I, it took me ages to book an appointment for my iphone airpods still to go but i got one down um took me ages to book an appointment for my iphone and i must commend apple on how well they handled everything um the in-store experience the i guess the out-of-store experience as well given the current climate was nothing short of perfect um, I've given Apple a lot of shtick before for their uh, for their in-store experience, especially in Milton Keynes. It's a it's a pretty small store that they've always kind of struggled with. Um, but they explained well what we needed to do at every stage. Um, you know, the store was laid out in such a way. I've never seen the store so empty, by the way. Um, even when that store opened, it was rammed. Um, they've got the store, you know, markings on the floor where you need to stand, where they need to stand. They've got all alcohol wipes ready so you can wipe wipe down your device um it was such an easy time um it was weird it, it, when you go when 
when you go to the store, you kind of tell them what you're here for. Genius bar. Okay. Go queue three stores down, please. Okay. Um, <laughs> which is a little bit of an odd experience. You just turn up in this random, like, three-person queue that's like two, three, four stores down from Apple. Um, and then a, a genius bar will personally come and or genius bar rep, rep will uh, personally come and escort you into the store, which is uh, quite funny. Obviously masked up, hand gelled up the lot. Um, but yeah, Apple were great. It was such an easy replacement. They just, I think they just replaced the screen. Um, I am glad I, because I got the Belkin screen protect, the same one that uh, you recommended, which they fit in store. Yep. And I know you meant to register a warranty or something, but I never had a serial number, never got anything to register it with, so just never did it. Um, and when he was saying it's going to be a screen replacement, it'll be about an hour, yada, yada, yada. I was like, will you be able to replace a screen protector today? Like, please, like, I checked like eight times. Can you do it? Because if, if they weren't going to be able to replace it, I was, you know, going to wait until everything dies down and uh, come back again. Yep. Um, go, after the screen place, go back to the store. By the way, never been so thankful for a cellular Apple Watch. Um, <laughs> it's quite funny sitting outside uh, dictating to my watch. Um, but, uh, and they were like, oh yeah, uh, so I don't so I don't think we're applying screen protectors today. We're just selling them to you. It's like, oh, here we go. Luckily, the, uh, the guy had put in the notes, apply screen protector. They had to go and fish in the back storeroom for the uh, the Belkin applicator thing. But uh, yeah, glad to have my phone sorted. Commend Apple on how easy the whole experience was given the current climate. I, I did see a lot of other stores that were, they didn't make it you know, overtly obvious how you were meant to go in or approach the store or whatever. Um, so I'm, I'm really glad Apple had lots of people outside and uh, made it very clear. What hasn't been said, I'm nearly sure. We had this discussion for a while on the show. You were ranting and raving about the AirPod Pros at I They've caused you some inconvenience and you made it very clear that it wasn't if, but more so when they decide pack in for me. And ironically, I think we bought ours around the same time, November last year, October, November time. And I thought I'd struck luck because you've been having issues for a number of months now, which in, in, in terms of time scale isn't great because you buy a product of that price, you expect it to work for that period of time. It, it shouldn't be causing those issues, especially in such a short space of time. And and so, again, I, I thought, lucky me. Lucky me, it's not affecting me. Yeah, well, I jinxed it. Thanks, Aaron, very much. Jinxed it, completely jinxed it, because now I have a clicking left AirPod. Well, not so much clicking, it clicks a little bit, but it's, it's rattling on certain frequencies and noise, no, transparency mode. It's sort of creating a whistling effect and, oh, it's complete disaster. 249 pounds for that wow one you're welcome and two are you what's the plan are you have you talked have you spoken to apple are you gonna speak to apple not yet not yet no because i wanted to see well first off i wanted to give it a while you can be guaranteed that in my head i thought well the left one's gone oh the right one's gonna go at any point isn't it and it hasn't yet you can be guaranteed that the minute I talk to Apple about it and subsequently get a replacement for the left AirPod, because that's from, from, from your experience, they replace one AirPod, they don't do a whole unit replacement or so on. You can be guaranteed the minute I get that left replacement and I've done everything and it's all put to bed, the right one will do the exact same. It's just, it's sod's law. And well, if I left it a year, it would work perfectly fine for the year. If I leave it a month, it'll work perfectly fine for the month. But the minute the quote case is closed, it'll then throw the air up on the the right one. Guaranteed. Did you, sorry, did you say it was the rattle issue or like the weird spacey kind of noise? It's all of the above. It's a rattle and there's a weird whistle noise at points and it 
clicks and so um, there's a bit of echoing or vi- vibrating from the obviously some of the internal components it, it sounds like something's loose inside when i walk um i hear this like click as oh, well oh yeah honestly like I, I i basically use my airpods only for walking and i cannot tell you how angry it made me while using them it's just like this constant noise it's just like mm. oh it was horrible it makes you want yeah. to take them out of your ears and lob them over the field like, it was hideous <laughs> um i think the one thing i would say is i, th- I think so my left and right ones have had separate issues never the same issue twice um mm-hmm. my left one had the same clicking issue and it might be from i think some people have noticed that uh you know on the kind of top of the stem there's like the mesh obviously it lets air and sound in or air yep. out sound in sorry um i don't know if that's like got two layers in it or or how that's put together but what some people believe is happening i think some people have looked at it under a microscope as well is it looks like some of the glue or the adhesive kind of around there it come, becomes dislodged and then gets itself wedged in the mesh um which can cause the noise cancelling to absolutely freak out because there's a microphone right there so that can lead to the weird sounds the spacey sounds the kind of like the absolute weirdness that noise cancelling goes into like you know i'm wearing noise cancelling headphones like proper headphones at the moment if i rub my finger over the microphone it's like a weird sound it makes um the clicking noise i don't know what that is i i i can only assume like the battery or something has become dislodged or i don't know a speaker driver issue or something um but what you'll find is they when you take it if you take it to the apple store so for the right when i did the mail-in replacement which is easy okay um, but for the first one, I took it to the Apple store, which is a palaver in, in itself um, because they didn't have it. So I had to make two trips for one AirPod. Right. Um, they actually run diagnostics on it, which is kind of cool to watch them do. Um, kind of they do it through your iPhone or they have like this, they plug something into the case of your AirPod and then it can wirelessly run diagnostics to the AirPod. And it it, it came, when they did it on mine, it came back and said, yep, there's a defect in this. And it's like, wow, that's insane. Um, it's, it's pretty cool to watch them do. Um, to be honest, for, for easiness, I just the mail-in replacement is just fine. <laughs> yeah, I I think that's what I'll go for. I I just for the price, I just don't think that's acceptable. Not I, you. Things can go wrong. Things can break, and there can be faults. A big trillion products, but it's two hundred forty-nine pounds for something to go wrong in less than a year. Not it's... reasonable. Not acceptable. Okay, what is acceptable is the fact that Apple are clearly doing something about it ah, to the point where their excuses at this point isn't it yeah it's and the fact they're re-breaking as well like the fact that I'm on my third airpod what have they done about it in terms of physical fix is it a software fix probably not because someone said that someone said online when I was looking it up and researching about a software fix but if it's a hardware issue the software won't fix it when did you get yours yeah I'm not happy that I've bought a defective habitually inherently defective product from manufacture date that's not exactly what i expect for 249 pounds or from apple for that matter of fact when did you get yours i, th- I think it was november time nearly yeah sure. see so i think they came out in october and i i, I pre-ordered them so mine was like it turned up on day one so i always mm. kind of put it down to oh maybe it was like an early batch um you know you know sometimes how like first batches of things are unperfect or have known issues um, yeah i'd expect with the amount they sold that come november time you were probably long into 
that that, that manufacturing process. But I'm we. I think that the doubly disappointing thing for me is I'm with you on the you don't spend this amount of money to have this many issues. But I don't even think that the money spent like it's besides the point. You know, if I spent fifty quid on headphones, I'd I'd still be making the same complaints. Like you know, we probably do go a little bit harsher because of because of the amount. But um, I think for me, one of the biggest issues has just been the sheer difference between the originals and pros. Uh, the the pros obviously they sound a bit better. They have noise cancelling. They have so many benefits. But I the amount of times recently I've put my original AirPods back in, and the only thing that lets me down is the the battery life now. Um, which is like this. I mean, some would call it a product defect, but in essence, it's not a product defect. It's just showing its age. And those things are what like three, four, five years old. However old they are now. Um, I had such a good experience with the originals that like just the 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 difference or the turnaround to the pros is just it's so disappointing you say about price and and that's true so especially in the uk consumer rights law or sorry consumer rights act it covers products defective and, and and warranty periods and so on and it's there to protect the consumer in terms of purchasing a product and how that product should perform function act so on and so forth and a key word within that act is reasonable so or something along those lines in terms of the, what it's trying to describe so it must work as described last a satisfactory amount of time and um be fit for purpose three principles becomes a bit gray because satisfactory what is satisfactory what is reasonable as describes a bit more clear because well if they describe it to do one thing and it does it perfect it is as described if they describe it will do something and it doesn't it's not as described fair enough but the the, the reasonable amount of time is more subjective because what is a reasonable amount of time and the argument is the point being if you pay 10 pounds for a pair of heads headphones which you can do you can buy a pair of earphones for 10 pounds either with three and a half mil connector or with a lightning connector or other proprietary sort of connectivity and those heads headphones earphones last two years and then all of a sudden something blows or they break or the wire just you know the cord breaks because of the use or, or something like that. that's that's a bit re- that's quite reasonable because for those two years you essentially spent no this isn't how you would calculate it but in essence five pounds per year for the two years ten pounds that's about it's okay you would what do you expect in terms of how much money they can put into manufacturing i would say that's almost reasonable would you are yeah 249 pounds and they break after less than a year not so much and and that's the point it has to be you have to it has to it, it's a personal opinion it's subjective but it's almost common sense and i think apple know that because clearly they're just replacing them when people are saying the problem exists obviously they're they're checking that the issue is there but i think they're under no illusion the issue is there and it seems to be a very widespread issue now i understand it's obviously taken some time for this issue to develop because it's not a day one thing it, it can't be replicated just so easily it happens over a natural occurrence but what i will say is from my use point the airpods i haven't used them over excessively i not that it matter i should be able to use them as much or as little as i want but the point being they haven't had any real like hard use i only listen to them every so often it's not for that long and on top of that if they're not my ears they're in the case they have been looked after very well so it's not as if they've had a hard life in the very short space of time i've had them eight nine months it's not as if i have had them for an extended period of time either whereby this fault could develop and so it clearly is a a manufacturing defect and that will be my argument 
put forth to Apple. Not that I expect any issue, but no, there's you were not going to have or you're not going to need an argument there. It just seems like this is obviously an issue that's kind of two for two now here, isn't it? It's, uh, but obviously, the the next question is how long will Apple play ball in replacing the units for? Good question, and that's uh, what. So one of the things I actually spent the past kind of few weeks doing is not a replacement for the AirPods because I'm going to get them fixed and then I'm going to continue to use them. But I wanted something that is good quality and will last a long time. And I picked up a set of wired uh, in-ear monitors. Um, whilst they sound great, they're not exactly the most convenient thing to use on the planet because they got the opposite. They go in your ear and then they've got the loop over and stuff like that. Great for plugging into the guitar amp and, and, and playing with that. That's actually I found a fantastic use for them. Um, but I picked up some, and so forgive me for the model name, the Sony WH-1000XM3s, um, <laughs> which are the tongue, doesn't exactly, it? Sony are known for their amazing uh, product names. Um, now, Sony do two versions of this. They do the, I think it's like the difference is like H and the M maybe are different. Um, I think the H is the headphones, uh, so the over-ear, you know, Bose-style headphones. And then they also do some wireless, like AirPod-style in-ear noise-canceling headphones. I bought the over-ear headphones. I've got some Bose. I'm actually wearing my QC25s at the moment, which are like as old as time, um, but great for doing the show and whatnot. But I wanted something wireless, um, something noise-canceling, something that would last a, a long time. And one of the things I looked into was how easy is it to replace the battery on these? So coming from the AirPods experience, I don't really love paying 100, 200, 300 pounds for something. And then two years down the line, the battery is completely knackered. Obviously on the AirPods, that's it. You know, you have, there's nothing you can do about it. Those batteries are not user replaceable in any way, shape or form. So I looked at the QC35s, I looked at the Sonys, both seem to have, they're not like, we won't call them user replaceable batteries. Like they're not designed for you to replace them. Uh, with the Bose, as a, you do have to unsolder the battery, but it is still something you can unscrew the headphones, open it up, there's the battery. Um, like it's accessible. Um, the Sony's even easier. I think the battery's just plugged in. Um, and that was actually something that it's probably the first time in a long time that I've, I've kind of thought about that in my deciding what to buy. Um, obviously, the in-ears were wired, so there was no, no battery issue there. I love the wireless. I just didn't want to keep getting burned by this kind of two-year continuous cycle of got to chuck something away, buy something new each time. And uh, the Sonys are great. If anyone's looking uh, looking for a great set of wireless noise cancelling over-ear headphones, the Sonys are fantastic. The Bose are fantastic as well, but I just uh, I went with the Sonys because it's got a few more features. Um, it hooks up your phone um, and then it can change. So it has like ambient mode as well, like the AirPods does. Um, actually, exactly the same as the AirPods, but you can kind of, it's like a slider that you can control. So you can say, you know, how much do you want to hear? So do you want to hear just people? Do you want to focus on voices? Do you want to hear cars? You know, building uh, construction noise, stuff like that. Um, and it can do it automatically. So if it, your phone detects that, oh, you're walking or, oh, you've gone outside of your home or something, it can automatically change the mode on the headphones, which I think is... Uh, 
a pretty neat feature. Something I'd actually quite like the AirPods to do. I actually didn't know how much the automatic switching was kind of cool until, uh, until I know with the AirPods it's really easy to change, but kind of just it learns your lo- like these learn your locations. They learn when you you know oh you, you you're you're clearly walking. Um, we'll just turn on ambient sound mode or something. Um, obviously you can say whether you want that to happen or when you want it to happen. You do have all that all that control, but um, yeah, I'm I'm not in a rush to get my AirPods fixed. Put it like that. Also, just before we we go to the quick news, I I read about iOS 14 and the AirPod Pros, and it seems that it brings some really cool functionality in. Time to spatial audio, yes, but also the same type of charging sort of smart charging in that it learns your your usage essentially and it will charge accordingly so when you're charging it will not fast charge past 80 percent it'll trickle charge to when it thinks you want to use them and that's to extend the longevity of the battery within the products which is kind of cool i do actually and need to give that a go because since my iphone was fixed obviously literally the first thing i did was install the uh, ios 14 public beta because yolo at all Rest um, in peace, battery life. No, it's. I mean, honestly, like I know I keep overstating. I I can't. I know I keep saying this to you. I can't overstate it enough. The iPhone 11. I assume the Pro as well. The battery life is just like it's so insanely long because it's physically got a big battery in there. Like it's quite a high milliamp hour battery in these now. Um, like even if it knocked two hours off the battery life, you wouldn't notice. Like I get to the end of the day, and at the moment, if I'm below eighty percent, you know, I can use the phone hard and not be below 80 or 70 percent at the end of the day did you just say yeah so you start using it like (laughs) 7 a.m obviously the iphone 7 was dead by about 8 a.m oh dear um even with the battery replacement i know your pain trust me it was one of the big reasons for upgrading is just bored of dealing with that battery even after it'd been replaced it just the thing is i'm I'm just looking at the spec the iphone 7 plus has a 2900 milliamp hour battery the iphone 11 pro has a 3046 it's the difference of 100 146 milliamp hours high i so you're looking at the pro and the pro has an oled screen don't forget oh, um, yeah. which i assume will i don't know what, what what's the milliamp do you have the milliamp hour of the normal 11 because that's got an LCD sorry still. the 11 has a 3046 the pro is roughly 3190 yeah. the so, larger iphone 11 pro max has uh 3969 so i guess the, the 11 pro max but you're saying there's a significant difference between the 11 and the 7 plus uh, yeah and bearing in mind the 11 still has a, a standard LCD screen in it. Um, I am blown away by, I think, the iPhone 11. Now now I've got the screen fixed. It's just, it's a perfect phone for me. It's so fast. Face ID is amazing. I, it'll take you a second to get used to the not having a home button, but once you don't have a home button, you'll realize just like so much more you can do. Um, you can do little glances and flicking between apps. It's so easy. Um, I don't miss the iPhone 7s. If you breathed on it, the battery went down. You could literally mm. watch the percentage go down. I remember that. Yeah, that's true. Uh, iPhones, I want to talk about iPhones. Uh, we'll leave it to next week because I think the AirPods rant was enough for, for one day, one episode. But certainly there's, there's something in my head about an iPhone and potentially about replacing it. Because I, I, I try to keep, I, I don't change technology for the sake of getting the latest and greatest. I just don't believe I have to. Um, never have really either. And I don't think you have either, Aaron. But I, as and when my needs dictate i will and when the battery becomes so poor to the point that it's unusable almost for an extended period of time that that changes but we'll leave that for next week before then we'll go to the quick news monday's congressional hearing with the chief executives of facebook google amazon and apple 
has officially been delayed as the late rep John Lewis will lie in state at the US Capitol next week. The House Judici- Judiciary Committee, can never say that word, had initially scheduled the blockbuster hearing for Monday at noon, setting the stage for a dramatic public airing of the various antitrust concerns facing the companies. But a source familiar told The Verge on Thursday that it is highly likely that the House Judiciary Committee will reschedule Monday's hearing to allow members of Congress to pay their respects. Apple has told US employees they can take as many as four hours off with pay on election day to vote or volunteer at a polling place. The policy applies to retail employees and hourly workers and is similar to moves made by other companies, including Twitter and Uber. It was announced to a memo in Apple or sorry, in a memo to Apple employees. It's seen by Bloomberg News. Election day is November the 3rd. Quote, for retail team members and hourly workers across the company, if you're scheduled to work this election day, we'll be providing up to four hours of paid time off if you need to get to the polls. Deirdre O'Brien, Apple's senior vice president of retail and people, told staff, if they choose, our teams can also use this time to volunteer as an election worker at one of your local polling stations. Apple co-founder Steve Wozniak has joined a lawsuit against YouTube over a Bitcoin scheme that uses his image and likeness to trick unknowing viewers into sending Bitcoin to the scammer, according to a complaint filed with the state of California on July 21st. The lawsuit comes just after several high-profile tech executives, politicians and celebrities, including Tesla CEO Elon Musk and former President Barack Obama, were the victims of a Twitter hack in which their accounts were taken over by a scammer asking for Bitcoin donations. Bloomberg first reported the Wozniak lawsuit, which was filed in the Supreme Court of the state of California, County of San Mateo. And finally, Intel says the production of its next generation chips will be set back until 2022, following years of delays getting its current generation chips on sale. The company said it was exploring contingency plans, such as having third-party manufacturers produce some of its products. In June, Apple said it would transition its Mac computers away from Intel processors and design its own chips. One expert said Intel risked leaving a gap for competitors to step into. Intel had said it identified er, identified a defect in its manufacturing process that led to the new delay. I think that was the right thing to do. Makes sense. It's sad, um, and and I think in regards to paying tribute to him, um, but this is this doesn't undermine. This is a big case, a very big case, and has a lot lying on it. So be interesting to see how it pans out. Time off to vote, four hours paid off time leave. That'll be an interesting day to roster employees, won't it? Yes, I mean four hours is great. Um, I think it's probably better than a lot of companies are going to do. Um, obviously the states work slightly differently on on, on paid time off and whatnot. I know. Um, um, but I think four hours is 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 a cool uh, cool thing to do, um, allowing people to to go vote and uh, or, or volunteer at the local uh, local polling station is a is a good thing to do. And I'd like to see more companies uh, follow. YouTube facing severe angst in that th- there are so many scams and just plain idiots trying to trying to treat people like idiots. In that if it sounds too good to be true, it is, and that's just the end of it. And and I think people like Wozniak and. And and the likes. I mean, Martin Lewis in the United Kingdom has been the face of so many scams and uh, cons, and he's aware of it. 
And he, I think he's taken Facebook to court over it in the past as well, or is currently, actually. So it's good to see the likes of Wozniak just not sitting down to this because someone has to be held responsible for monitoring this. And it can't be the people who are being, you know, their identities are being used because they only have so much. They can only do so much to speak out. And obviously it's clearly not enough to take action against the people doing it. So the, the intermediaries in the middle have to be held to more account because they're not doing enough to monitor this and to take the necessary steps and actions to prevent it from happening. I mean, YouTube have been in the news so often. I see people complaining about it all the time. I saw just uh, this morning reading on Twitter, um, one of the people I follow, they were using or their kid was using YouTube Kids. Um, I assume it was YouTube Kids. They were being advertised too. It was one of the adverts that popped up in the app. Um, I didn't think YouTube Kids had ads, so maybe it was just normal YouTube. And they were being advertised uh, something that shouldn't be advertised to kids, put it like that. And it was just, why? What what has led to this advert being put against these videos uh, for kids? YouTube are doing such a poor job of managing the ads on their platform. Every time I open the YouTube app on my iPhone, the little... Uh, in your home screen um, in the app you get all the text or, or image ads there's no way of reporting them there's no way of saying this isn't right so many of them they use a celebrity's likeness or, or some kind of recognizable face that clearly has nothing to do with the ad campaign um, and the, the thing that's being advertised is like 99% of the time it's some nefarious pyramid scheme or get rich quick scheme or whatever it is it's a scam of some kind um, and there's just no way of reporting the ad or I think the only option you get is like why am i seeing this ad and it just tells you that oh based on things you've watched or whatever um and it's just such a bad job um so many people complaining about it um i, I don't know why youtube are doing such a poor job in in fact checking or, or, or looking over these ads before they go live it, it just seems bananas to me and finally intel i intel could I think they're going to have to be very careful here because they Apple have basically given them the middle finger for the Mac lineup and now they aren't exactly forthcoming in being quick to pioneer new technologies. I, I think this could, as as others have said, this could leave a potential gap in the market for competitors to step right in. And all it takes is to miss out by a few years and all of a sudden you're out of the race. I, uh, Microsoft and mobile phones, smartphones, for example. I read this and I read all... different, but sorry, go ahead. I, I read all the kind of stuff that went with it and it was, you know, people going, oh, this is really bad for Intel, really bad for Intel. And I couldn't quite work out why, you know, delaying something was the end of the world. And then I remembered the likes of Apple have just like probably one of their biggest single customers had uh, basically just told them to go screw themselves, as you said. Um, we can do it better. And he was like, oh, yeah. And honestly, so many of the uh, PC build channels I watch, like AMD is surprisingly like well recommended. Um, AMD obviously went through a patch where they weren't recommended, we'll say. It was Intel or nothing. Um, kind of the early days of the i5, the i7, um, probably all the way up to like, I don't know, the fifth, sixth, seventh generation. Um, Intel were really kind of the king. Bearing in mind before that, uh, AMD, you know, I remember when like having like an Athlon 6400 or whatever it was, was like the bee's knees. Um, and, you know, the Intel equivalent at the time was probably what, a Pentium 4, maybe a Core Duo, I don't know. Um, and then Intel kind of, they took the lead, new technologies, um, new build processes they, they really stepped it up and amd kind of waned a little bit but then amd over the past few years they've shot back with the likes of ryzen and stuff like that which has obviously been huge for them apple moving over to their own silicon like there's a lot of competition now um intel as far as i'm aware is not used in any other smart
smartphones or anything. So, um, or any other kind of mobile technology, I should say. So Intel kind of have a very narrow market. They they sold off all their uh, mobile broadband chip, whatever you want to call it. Um, I think they sold it to Apple. I can't remember. Um, a year a year or two back. So they're kind of narrowing their focus, and this isn't what they want to hear. Yeah. Interesting. We'll see. We'll we'll come back in 2022 and we'll say whether or not Intel have lost the rat race. Who knows? We'll see. What Zuckerberg didn't want to hear is that he's lost $7 billion as firms have boycotted his company's adverts. His Facebook ads uh, became $7.2 billion per after a flurry of companies pulled advertising from Facebook's network. Shares of the social media company fell 8.3% on Friday, the most in three months after Unilever, one of the largest advertisers, joined other brands in boycotting ads on the social network. Unilever said it would stop spending money with Facebook's properties this year. And that's a big thing because Facebook is an advertising company. I, uh, they, they make money off selling ads to you and advertising to you and selling your data to advertisers. I'd be interested to see how this is actually panned out. I put this article in here knowing it was this is about a month out of date. A month old now, I think. So I, I know it's still carried on, which is why I left it in. I'd be interested to see just how much the valuation has gone down in the 30 days since. Um, we saw it started to happen kind of a couple months ago now, I think. More and more advertisers. Well, like a couple pulled out to begin with, then more and more followed. I think when the first few pulled out citing, you know, they don't align with Facebook's values and whatnot. I think a few people, yes, I think that's a perfectly valid reason, but a few people almost saw it as a an excuse um, because of the current climate. Um, and it was almost an excuse to, to pull all their ads off um, instead of blaming, you know, company downturns or whatever. Uh, but more and more companies have done it. You know, massive companies. Unilever is like hard to describe how big of a company they are and how much stuff they own. Uh, we've seen Verizon, Hershey, Coca-Cola. Um, they've all pulled their ads. Um, there's a bunch more as well. Um, and I don't think any company has one single reason. It just seems to be um, Facebook having a, a lot of issues uh, with um, not where they stand politically, but what they allow on the platform, um, the type of things they kind of go for and whatnot. And it's hardly surprised that advertisers don't want to be put against that type of stuff. We saw just a few years ago how Adpocalypse ad on YouTube, advertisers, advertisers are very clear cut on what they want to have their ads displayed against. And the type of content that people are putting out at the time, YouTube or advertisers were not happy with. They don't want to be against anything controversial. They don't want to be, this goes to Facebook as well, they don't want to be against anything political. Um, if you see a political campaign or, you know, uh, hate speech or, or whatever, and then right next to it, you know, completely unintentional of Coca-Cola, let's say, you see an advert for Diet Coke and it becomes an association. And that's not an association that any of these brands want to have. Rightfully so, you know, completely understandable. We've been talking about for years how Facebook and basically all social media platforms, but specifically platforms like Facebook, have really struggled with policing the content on the platform. We know how much they do take off. We know we hear the stories about there are people who their sole job is like nine to five, five days a week is to look at horrible content that's yeah. been posted on Facebook and we get that but it's the it's the non how do you say it it's the I'm not kind of talking about the disgusting content or the you know clearly not safe for life type content that these people have to look at I'm talking about the you know the hate speech the political stuff like the the, the more grey area yep. freedom of speech blah 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 stuff um, that I think is probably the more murky waters for, for these brands 
Absolutely. And it, again, it's not the objective stuff that, that that doesn't belong anywhere online. It should not exactly. be online. And that is what you're saying. That's the not safer, should not be online type of content. And that ranges in a lot of things, but more so the subjective, the political side, the personal opinion side, or something where a personal opinion comes into, which is most of it. Because yes, the, the, the and we'll go back to it, the, the, the content that should not belong online at all. I don't think anyone would ever have any debate over, well, well, should it or shouldn't it? it is just no but most content isn't illegal uh, or it isn't a yes or a no it is a big big personal opinion and even at that even when it's right and wrong it still does fall down to personal opinion some companies feel it does sort of lie in with their ethos and others feel it doesn't so it's very difficult to get that right to get the balance correct as you you rightfully pointed out Aaron. interesting difficult and when you have circa 2 billion users on on your service it's very hard to even get a proportion of them happy for any amount of time and that's where the upset has come from in terms of the advertisers because they have a lot of advertisers as well some bigger than others some ranging from very small small non-profit charities to all the way up to the, the big multinational corporations and keeping any amount of them happy in the, in between is a difficult task to begin with in in which we have then witnessed the fallout in that a lot of them have basically said no and seven billion dollars for any company is is a large chunk regardless of your turnover profit or revenue figures is this a telling tale for facebook in that online advertising was meant to be very profitable because it is niche it is targeted it is for the ones who want to see what they see but if the companies aren't there to advertise it then it doesn't matter what it is in the first place is this a sign of things to come Aaron? say that again sorry in terms of is, is this a sign of things to come for facebook in the fact that obviously advertisers are becoming more picky about the platform that they're they're, they're they're associated with and now Facebook's becoming more and more controversial for its own reasons and reasons of not their own fault. Will this be a indicative sign of how Facebook's going to go? Because ultimately they're an advertising company really deep down. That's how they make money. I honestly don't know how, you know, none of these advertisers just sort of, you know, they all have connections with Facebook. You know, they spend millions and millions of dollars each year. They they have obviously personal connections, you know, or managers inside Facebook will say. I have no idea how any of these companies and Facebook or the advertisers or whomever watched what happened with YouTube just a couple of years ago. The exact same situation, often the same companies and suspicions weren't raised or let's say expectations weren't, you know, how was this not, maybe it was brought Facebook's attention. I'd be worried if it wasn't, but how was this not dealt with? You know, how did this suddenly surprise everyone this year as like something that was, they were all going to like pull out and stop advertising. Like, it's just nuts to me that, that Facebook can be so I don't know. They got their blinders on half the time. It seems like they're completely just oblivious to what's going on in the world. For such a connected and you know, you know, in I guess the literal sense and the figurative mm. sense, like for a company that's so well connected, um, they sometimes just seem to go through business like with their blinders on, completely like fingers and ears, la la la. You know, we can't hear anything. Nothing's wrong. Everything's fine. Yeah, which that that sort of complacency will eventually result in a company or business or site or platform's demise. I mean, it's inevitable. We've seen it time and time again. Becoming complacent, becoming ignorant to your market around you will 100% guarantee your business will not be around in a few years' time or a a, a period of time, I should say. There's no point putting a a time period on it. I think yes and no. Um, I think very much like how YouTube uh, did it a couple years ago. YouTube basically said, oh, we'll fix it. And all the advertisers were like, oh, okay then. 
the advertisers don't want to lose out on the eyeballs that Facebook gets. You know, you mm. hit the nail on the head when you said they have like two billion users. You know, it's a lot of eyeballs. Um, and because there are going to be, let's say, advertisers or companies that are less or not more nefarious, but uh, they care less, let's say, um, who are going to take advantage that the big guns have um, kind of stood their ground and, uh, and and pulled their advertising off. So I think these companies, they want to make a statement. I don't think it's any kind of long term thing. I, I don't think Facebook has anything legitimately to be worried about as much as I think we'd all love to see Facebook struggle. struggle. There is not a single company on planet Earth. Well, there's probably a few, but it's quite high up there in the I want to see some repercussions for the damage they have done to literally everything <laughs> over the past few years. Um, but I, I'm under no illusion that Facebook is is so much bigger than the likes of MySpace or whatever ever were um, that they are not too big to fail. No company's ever too big to fail, but picture, you, you can't picture the likes of Apple or Amazon disappearing tomorrow, can you? Like in yep. a year's time, you can't picture them having completely kind of swapped ends of the spectrum, which is what happened with, with the likes of MySpace and whatnot. Like it's just, this companies, companies these days are just so massive. Like it's just unheard of. Yeah, we're at a point where exponential really is exponential. And, and every time, it, it, the, 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 the largest now is, is the largest that we've ever seen. And in 10 years, that could be even larger. But 10 years ago, the largest was the largest we'd ever seen in 10, the, the, the time 10 years ago. So it's hard to compare and contrast because, yeah, these companies are bigger than ever. And that's the difficult part. Speaking of difficult, Twitter have had a difficult month or two in that attackers may have accessed the direct messages of up to 36 accounts, including a Netherlands-based official. That's the latest that we're hearing from a timeline of what happened with what turned out to be a disaster for Twitter. So I don't know if you just want me to kind of run through the uh, the timeline really quickly. Go for it. <laughs> this was this was an odd time to, uh, to, to to be looking at Twitter. It truly was the where were you when the great hack of 2020 happened? It all I'm pretty sure Elon Musk was the first. It all started with a basically a tweet that went out saying from Elon Musk his official Twitter account that said um, you know like one of those scams that goes for a half hour one hour only. You send me a thousand dollars in Bitcoin, I'll send you two thousand back. And it just had a Bitcoin address. And because it's Elon Musk, you were like, uh, is this real? Like, it wasn't immediately a red flag. Um, I mean, it was a pretty big red flag, but yeah. Elon's uh, can be pretty trigger happy on Twitter. Um, and then it started popping up more and more. And it, it was like, oh, this is obviously a hack. When I think Bill Gates, Apple, that was, I think it was Apple's first public tweet, by the way. Because if you've ever seen how Apple seemed to magically operate on Twitter, their tweet count is at like zero but they tweet all the time. I think they do it through sponsored stuff. Um, I think it was Apple's first public tweet. Um, it hit, I think they got uh, Joe Biden, Barack Obama, uh, Jeff Bezos, uh, a few others, uh, Mike Bloomberg, I think. Um, who else? I think that was maybe a couple more political. I can't remember. They didn't, they didn't get uh, Trump, I don't think. Although I did see a lot of people say you might not be able to tell the differences in his timeline if he did tweet it. <laughs> um... And I think uh, Twitter were really open in the in the coming days, in the coming weeks about how it happened, what happened, you know, they were really detailed about it. I think most people's concern came from this was a random Tuesday or Wednesday in the middle of July. Bearing in mind, America is about to go through in the coming months is about to go through an election campaign or an election stage. Imagine if this type of thing had happened during an election. Imagine if this had been used for more nefarious purposes than 
just Bitcoin, you know, harvesting money. You know, this hacker mm. or these hackers or whomever it was had access to some of the most influential Twitter accounts in the world. You know, hundreds of millions of people at your fingertips, basically. Um, and they used it for Bitcoin, which is like, you know, I guess they may probably made a lot of money. Um, and it's just scary to think that if this type of thing had happened in any different climate, like I say, in an election or, or something else, spread panics, you know, you could have tanked a whole stock market, like you could have ruined an economy pretty quickly. Welcome to social media these days. Um, we just, we see it every time, like Elon Musk talks about Tesla stock and that thing goes like spiraling one way or the other. Um, like it, it shoots up or shoots down. Like these these people have influence. It's it's insane. Um, yep. And it is really scary to think what possibly could have happened. And it really shows the reliance that we have on social media, the, the influence that these people have, these, the influence that just a few people have um, is absolutely crazy. Um, Twitter did come out, I think, basically as it was happening, they kind of worked out that it just seemed to be limited or the hackers were only targeting verified users. Obviously, verified users tend to have more followers. Um, so they turned off the ability to tweet for a little while. Like a couple of hours, I think it was, it was funny because like you go on Twitter and it's, it was just us peasants who, who aren't verified that were allowed to tweet. And it was like, ha, who's your master now, verified people? Um, which was pretty funny. Um, Twitter very quiet for a while. I mean, we I, I praise how open they've been uh, since then. Like Twitter didn't do anything for a good, what felt like an hour, two hours, maybe three hours, like nothing, like radio silence. Um, and people saying if there was ever a time to bring back the fail whale, now's the time. Remember the days of the fail whale? They were better days. Um, basically, for anyone who doesn't know what the fail whale is, you used to open up Twitter and just the mere act of opening it, you'd get a fail whale. Imagine like a like a forum four error but for when Twitter was having problems. It's like a Twitter's alternative to a 500 error but it was like all the time you'd get a farewell. Um, I think, I don't know the ins and outs of kind of what's happened since. I know we believe Twitter have some kind of internal tool that allow, I'm assuming internal staff, I'm assuming support staff to mimic an account. Lots of companies do this type of thing. Not really something new. Yes, it's a little bit scary but um, when you focus up or you talk to any support staff, how do you think they help you with your account? They basically have a master login normally, or they can mm. impersonate your account somehow. Um, and we believe it was some kind of, uh, well, the early rumblings were that it was an internal employee that had not gone rogue, but had been compromised, maybe some kind of uh, phishing attack or something, had managed to gain access to this internal tool. I believe screenshots were also posted of it. Um, it just led to this two, three hours of absolute manic, like absolute craziness on the platform. Um, I believe money was sent to the Bitcoin address as well. Like people seemingly fell for it. Obviously with Bitcoin yeah. addresses, you can actually see transactions going in and out of an address. Um, yeah, it says uh, all in service of promoting a Bitcoin scam that earned its creators nearly $120,000. Um, I believe it's been turned over now to the uh, FBI. Oh, here we go. Uh, Barack Obama, Joe Biden, Elon Musk, Bill Gates, Kanye West, Mike 
Michael Bloomberg and Apple. I believe there was more because I'm pretty sure Jeff Bezos was in the list as well. It does say one notable exception in the attack was the account of President Donald Trump. Um, <laughs> ah, Maybe there were Trump fans. The new, yeah, the New York Times is now reporting that Trump's account has special protections in place following past incidents, oh. um, including when a third-party Twitter contractor used internal... Oh, I remember this. Used internal company tools to deactivate the president's account in 2017. Those protections may have spared Trump's account from being taken over. That might explain that. Um, Twitter believes that 130 or around 130 accounts were targeted. Um, like I said, I think they were just targeting anyone who was verified in the end. Uh, people put out like you could, if you searched for the Bitcoin address on Twitter, you could see all the accounts getting compromised basically in real time. Um, but yeah, pretty, pretty funny in a way, um, but also pretty, uh, pretty scary when I think you, you take a step back and kind of realize what could happen. Pretty crazy. And I think it, it alludes to what we would always say in the show. If it's online, take it with a pinch of salt. And it doesn't matter who it comes from. A verified, so a verified Twitter account, you would think, oh yeah, that's verified. So it must be true. But if you don't see it with your own eyes, and I know you can see the screen with your own eyes and you can see the, the tick and, and so on and so forth, that's fair. But if you actually cannot see the actual physical person with your own eyes, and I'm not talking about through a video, I mean in real life, IRL, well then take it with a pinch of salt. And if it seems too big if it seems too good to be true, it is! It's too good to be true! How, how difficult is that to... I, the number of... And obviously it's not the same, but the number of people you hear that, oh, I got a phone call from my bank, and they said that I needed to transfer my entire account into a safety holding account, and so I did it, without seeking any further clarification or validation on the matter. I did it, and now I've lost all my money! Well... Are you surprised? Are are you are you surprised that you lost all your money? I sometimes just do have to question, and I'm not saying obviously this was a a, a large scale attack. This was unprecedented in terms of Twitter. This was huge. This is probably the worst in, in their history thus far. But I don't care if if a verified account contacts anyone. It, take it with a pinch of salt. At least think to yourself, I'm having to part hands with money here. Hold on, this account secured by a password. That password could have been guessed, hacked, broken into, accessed the account could be so. Aaron, you get this not knowing what you know now try and apply not hindsight be with the moment and forget that we're talking about this you get this message do you send money you get a message from bill gates twitter account not his email address not even a letter from his official co- cooperation or his office of correspondence you get a message or a, a direct message on twitter from bill gates quote do you send money yes <laughs> It's uh, just on that though. It it is funny how so much of the internet, so many companies exist, so many tools exist now that literally just fight the spam that is spread on the internet. Like I know there's the sayings that go like 99% of the internet is spam, which I think is true. I dread to think how many hundreds of millions, if not billions, of emails are sent every day, and Mm. I guarantee you, like a high percentage of those are spam, are some kind of junk email or something. Like it's we have so many tools, so many 
many platforms and like 90% of it is just bots and spam and then the other like 10 the other 5% is people fighting those that spam and then 5% is actual users it's just mm. like it just seems to be how the internet is made up these days I think for me the, the idea here is that if it's online take it with a pinch of salt if it's too good to be true it is and, and that's something you should plan all stages of life it doesn't just have to be online but the problem with the internet now is that it's such a, a fundamental and ubiquitous part of life it's hard to for, for some people i guess to to really draw any sort of line down what's real and what's not and i don't mean in terms of scams i just mean that the internet is so fundamentally important to so many different people and things and and, and places and so on that it it's why these these idiots not the ones who get ha- who get you know scammed i mean the ones who do it scumbags and um, take advantage of that but also how stupid do you have to be to do this and then think you're not going to get caught. Some of the most influential, most popular, famous people in the world, and somehow you just think that you're going to get away with it online. It shows you how a screen makes people feel they're invincible. <laughs> they're not, because every, it, if anything, there's more of a paper trail on a screen than there is in real life sometimes. Even if you're using VPNs and you're hiding things and so on, it's still, there's still a trace. How stupid do they think people are that, oh, it's fine, we'll just let this one go under the carpet? I, or is it just me? Is is that just me? Am I being naive, Aaron? No, I uh, I totally agree. I will be interested to see if they catch these people. I, I, I think I agree with everything you're saying, but people don't do this type of thing if they think they, you know, there's a chance they get caught. You know, the advantage of using Bitcoin, um, although I guess when it gets turned over to the FBI and whatnot, that's pretty powerful. But uh, yeah, I will be super interested to see uh, how this kind of pans out in the long term. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. That brings us to the end of episode 511. Join us next week on 512. And if, if you're into technology, you'll know that 512 is quite significant in that 512. It is, it's half of one kibibyte which is obviously 1024 bytes and kibibyte is the established multiple of the unit byte for digital information i.e. 512 bytes is a very common disk sector size I think I lost everyone's attention at that point. Anyway, as I said, join us next week. Until then, more episodes on over at munchtech.tv, newsletter munchtech.tv forward slash newsletter. Our interview with Steve Wozniak, who we spoke about today, munchtech.tv forward slash was, and of course, for mobile apps, munchtech.tv forward slash mobile. Until next week on 512, be safe, have a great week, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.